everyone, and welcome to The Shallow End. I'm Dave Schwartz, Iowa Dave on Instagram. That's Iowa underscore Dave. And in this episode, we're going to do two things. First, I'm going to give an update on the question I asked last episode, which is, would you give up your entire collection in order to get your one unattainable grail card? Would you hit the reset button? And then after that, I'm going to tell a story about something good that recently happened to me with an eBay purchase. I figured we as a hobby could use something nice, you know, a story about something good happening, a story with a happy ending. No lawsuits, no scandals, no deep data dives into market corrections. Something nice happened that I think you'll like. So back to point one, back to the question from last episode. And I'm going to start with a confession. I have a problem with patience, like a real problem. It's a problem I have in real life, and it translates into the hobby. Once I've latched onto an idea, I can't let it go, and I will plow forward through rain and snow and sleet and steel and concrete and everything else in my way to transform an idea into reality. I'm not impulsive. That's different. Like anyone else, I will stew over a decision. But once I've made up my mind, I'll go from zero to 100 miles per hour in 2.5 seconds. Measure once, cut once. The issue in question in the last episode was how to attain my grail, the 1948 Leaf Jackie Robinson rookie in a PSA or SGC 1.5 or higher without qualifiers. The only way to attain that card, if I wanted to get it right now, would have been to sell off or trade nearly all of my collection. And by God, I was ready to do that. My rationale was that I would have a more meaningful collection if I started with my grail and built out from there, rather than if I slowly worked toward it over the next 5, 10, 15 years. After that episode, I began to price out my collection and I even threw a few things on my slabs. I also heard from an overwhelming number of people in the hobby offering feedback and advice. And honestly, I was so moved. And if I were to dig a little deeper into my emotions, I'd say I was overwhelmed by the sincerity with which people wanted to talk to me about my decision. It really meant a lot. Some said they thought it was a thought-provoking question, one which they might now want to consider for themselves. A couple of people loved the idea and basically said, go for it. I have not gotten permission from anyone to share, so I'm not going to say their names. But here is a passionate note I received from the perspective, uh, one perspective that I really kind of found compelling 
And this was from the perspective of, yeah, go for it. Go ahead and do it. He said, hey, Dave, I know we've never spoken before, but I listened to your podcast today. Take my opinion with a grain of salt because it's just one opinion. But if you add up all your cards and they end up being close to or more than the Jackie, I would always recommend consolidating for the one card, assuming the cards you're selling aren't all ones that you would be dev devastated to never get again. I've never once personally regretted consolidating for a card I needed. In fact, I recently did it. I haven't regretted it for a second. Since last episode, I heard from about 30 people. I mean, how incredible is that? 30 people, 30 collectors who were interested in this topic and had great ideas about how to move forward or not move forward or move forward in other ways I hadn't thought of. This truly is a great community. If you'll allow me a quick tangent, a quick but related tangent, I recently led my writing students through an exercise in solitude and the benefits that come from structured, self-imposed solitude, meaning 20 to 30 minutes a day of no external input. No phones, no music, no books, no screens, or human beings in your life for about 20 to 30 minutes a day. It's not meditation. Meditation is different. Just solitude. Being by yourself with your thoughts for a few minutes a day while you take a walk or do the dishes, vacuum, exercise, or shower, or whatever. Self-imposed solitude lets us think. It's not meant to be relaxing or stressful. It just forces us to listen to ourselves. What do we have to get done this week? What worries us? What makes us happy that we want to do more of? Who have we been meaning to reach out to to say hello? I had not done this exercise myself in a long time. So in the spirit of practicing what I preach to my students, I practice solitude for three days in a row, about 20 minutes each day. I thought about my job, my family, and because we're all degenerates, the sports card hobby. Regarding cards, the first day I thought, man, I am so not patient. The second day I thought, I should not do this. This meaning sell everything for the Jackie. The third day, some version of clarity set in. I thought, I'm in my 40s, not my 90s. Why am I trying to rush to the end of my hobby journey? Like, seriously, why am I in such a hurry? The answer, of course, the answer as always, is that I'm impatient. Like impatient to a fault. That saying life is a journey, not a destination is not something I subscribe to. I don't believe that. Life is a series of destinations. And there are layovers before the next leg of your trip. But that doesn't mean my impatience serves me well. I'm sure it helps sometimes. 
and it hurts sometimes. And in this case, I've determined that it would have been a move not in my best interest to move everything and try to get that Jackie Robinson right now. Because I like my cards and I like having a decent chunk of cards to thumb through at night and enjoy at the end of a long day. I got this DM from another hobby friend and he said, the hobby is a game of patience. You build up slowly over time and you take opportunities when presented with them. I'm sure some people do okay just acting impulsively, but that's too risky for me. Anyway, uh, yesterday, uh, last night, I put a $20 bill into an envelope. I took out a Sharpie and I labeled that envelope Jackie. Next week, I hope to put in another 20 and another 20 the week after that. And in time, and who knows how much time, since time can mean weeks or years or centuries, in time, maybe I'll be able to combine that money in the envelope with some future card sales and get that 1948 Leave Jackie Robinson. All I know is, is that it doesn't have to be tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to close today with a story about a card I recently picked up and the positive experience I had. I'm a Ricky Henderson guy. I grew up in St. Louis and remain a Cardinals fan, but I always loved Henderson, and I will die on the hill that at the time of his retirement, he was one of the 10 best offensive players of all time. The dude played a quarter century, 25 seasons. One of the beautiful things about his longevity, besides his productivity, is how he represents a bridge between two eras of baseball. When Ricky was a rookie, the legendary Willie McCovey was still active. And in Ricky's final season, his career overlapped with Miguel Cabrera. McCovey's career began in 1959. Cabrera's career ended 64 years later in 2023. And Ricky Henderson played against both of them. Take a moment and let that sink in. As sports cards go, Henderson's rookie card was in the 1980 top set, which some consider the tail end of the vintage era. That makes sense to me, and who am I to argue with vintage collectors far more knowledgeable than I am? In Henderson's second decade of baseball, the industry introduced refractors. And in his third decade of playing, we started to get new types of chrome cards, gold refractors, and incredible inserts. I had long wanted Henderson's 2002 Topps Chrome Gold Refractor, but either missed opportunities or didn't want to overpay uh, for like a buy it now price, you know? At some point, I finally got my butt in gear and I put the car in card into my saved eBay searches and configured the settings for auctions only. And wouldn't you know it, a few weeks ago, it popped up. I watched it all week. 
it had a Saturday night end time. So I felt pretty good that while I might pay market value for it, I at least wouldn't have to pay too high of a price. Then I remembered that that Saturday night, my wife and I had tickets for Iowa-Michigan State football under the lights. I would have to make my bid hours in advance since it's hard to get a signal in a stadium with 70,000 people, which meant I was suddenly looking at a megabid situation for a card that already had more than 20 watchers. I could have just abandoned the efforts, but I didn't. About four hours before kickoff, as we headed out the door to, ca- to tailgate, I made my mega bid of about $90, which was about 65 to 70% over what the card had previously been selling for, but well under the buy it now prices on eBay. We tailgated. We went to the game. The Hawkeyes won. We went back to the tailgate for an hour, hour and a half as we waited for traffic to disperse. And I still couldn't get a signal, which meant I had no idea if I'd won the Henderson. We finally got home a little after 11, and I logged on to see that not only had I won, but no one had even bothered to bid after my most recent bid, and I got the card for $48. Like, what luck? So I chalked it up to the seller's poor decision to have his auction end on a Saturday evening. So I paid immediately and went to walk the dogs when it hit me. I had skipped a very basic rule of bidding. I'd never checked the seller's feedback. I can't tell you that the seller had had bad feedback because that would mean he had any feedback at all, which he didn't. A zero feedback seller. Uh Uh-oh. I spent my last waking moments that night searching card ladder and eBay for previous sales of the card to see if my seller had stolen an old picture of the Henderson for his own listing. Nothing. And as I drifted off, I thought, oh, well, this is eBay. Worst case scenario is that he's a scammer and I'll need to wait a couple of weeks to get my refund when the card never comes. To my surprise, I woke the next morning to a notification that the Henderson had shipped. This was a Sunday morning, so I knew it would only say shipping label created and that the earliest he could get it out was Monday. But Monday came and the card didn't ship. It was still just the label. So again, I thought, okay, here we go. Now he'll get the money and he'll close his account and I'll have to file a claim in two weeks. But Tuesday morning rolled around and wouldn't you know it. The next time I logged on to eBay, the card had been dropped at the post office and was on its way. That Friday, less than a week after winning the auction, my chrome gold Ricky Henderson won at auction from a seller with zero feedback, arrived beautifully wrapped and with a nice note thanking me for my purchase. The card looked great. My guess is a good solid PSA eight level card of a legendary hall of famer in an iconic parallel. Here's what I wrote in his eBay feedback. 
I was nervous at first about the seller because he had zero feedback, but I ended up having a wonderful buying experience and would buy from him again. The card was packaged perfectly and shipped quickly. No drama, total professional. Thank you. I'm telling this nice but boring little story because I wanted to pass along this no drama tale with a happy ending to you. Even in this hobby of lawsuits and trolls, of scams and scandals, of whining and petty disputes, there are nice little stories all around us. Stories that are worth telling, worth hearing, and worth remembering during those other moments when the noise starts to outweigh the fun. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care.